Good morning, everybody. Let me get this here. All right. Isn't it great to be together this morning? I just want to uh, thank Tati and uh, Lucas. Coming back home, sharing the good news, and coming to the promised land. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing what God's doing. Thank you for sharing what the cross means to you. Uh, it is so special when you see the younger generation grow up right before your eyes. That is, that is just so inspiring. And I'm glad for you guys to be here with us today. You know, graduation is in the air. I want to ask all of our college graduates to stand up. All those school, come on. There they are. Look around. Congratulations. Congratulations. It is super exciting. I know that there's more graduations coming up. Uh, Daddy's little girl's graduating next week. Yes. Thank you all that uh, have had a part in that uh, process. You know, um, you know. I want to also give it up to our worship team. You guys have just you you do an amazing job every single week, helping us, inspiring us. And I love that last song that uh, Seth just led. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. You know, one of the things that I think sometimes we forget, and I can forget this, is that Jesus not only came to earth on a mission, he came to show you and I what God is like. In John chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. You know, Jesus can teach us a lot about what it means to be a friend of God. And if you're visiting with us this morning, I'm so glad you're here. If you're on Zoom, welcome. We're going to dive into the scriptures here, and we're going to learn uh, what, what it means to be a friend of God. Because when you have a relationship with God, you have everything that you need to live here on this earth. But the best part is what's beyond this life. Because, you know, we're not going to be here forever. We were not made to stay here. The creator of our souls wants that soul back with him that he created to enjoy an eternal fellowship eternal dwelling together, walking together. 
You know, one day the disciples watched Jesus pray. And as they watched him pray, they said, uh, you know what? We need some help. And when people are humble, they ask for help. And so the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And perhaps a bit surprising, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray by telling them stories about friendship. He doesn't teach them, here's a set of rules, here's what you do, here's the methodology, but he teaches them how to build a friendship with God. His stories show God's desire to care, to respond, and to listen. By teaching his followers that God cares. Jesus also teaches them to talk to God and to persevere even if they didn't see his answers immediately. You know, you guys know this guy. Bruno Mars has a song entitled Count On Me. And no, I'm not going to sing it, as some of you are thinking. But in this song, it paints a picture of the kind of friendship with God that Jesus describes in, John, in Luke 11. We'll be getting there in a minute. Hey, listen to these words. If you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sail the world to find you. If you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. We'll find out what we're made of when we are called to help our friends in need. You can count on me. You know, Jesus describes God to his followers as this kind of friend that you can count on. And sometimes, you know, you can be in the faith, but you can have dings, you can get hit, you can get uh, affected by the storms in life, and you start actually wondering, does God really care? Does God listen? Does he hear my prayers? You know, if you're visiting today with us, I'm glad you are here. And I hope to inspire you to pursue a relationship with God. Yes, the God that you cannot see, the God that you cannot hear, the God who is not, you know, jabbing you in the side saying, move, get going. You know, instead, when you need a word of encouragement, when you need to just be lifted up, when you need that gentle push forward in life, who do you count on? You know, the Bible teaches a true friend loves regardless of the situation. And a real brother exists to share the tough times. That's the voice version of Proverbs 17, 17. Let's pray to God at this time. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together today. As we read your word, I pray that you move our hearts. God, that, not that we get emotional, because we're going to feel some things, but I pray that we think and make decisions that ultimately help us get closer to you, that clear the debris of who you are and what you're all about, 
and that we get to see you the way that Jesus saw you. We love you, Father. And again, I pray for your spirit to guide this time. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Luke 11, verse 5. First point, you can count on God. In verse 5, it says, then teaching them more about prayer. Notice the context. And, you know, earlier in this chapter, he talks about, uh, you know, the, the, the prayer. He teaches this model of prayer. And then he continues. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Like I said, Jesus likes to teach in stories. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Okay, that's dangerous. Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. I want you to think about this scenario. Put yourself in this person's position. Imagine you're the first friend in the story. It's midnight. Friend comes knocking on the door, shows up unannounced. You are caught off guard. How you feeling? Are you fired up for the midnight visitor? Probably not. You know, in that time and in that culture, hospitality was a very significant part of, of their lives. So for someone to come and you weren't prepared to, you know, meet their need, that, that was a big deal. It meant a lot to have enough food to offer a friend in need. So from putting ourselves in this person's shoes, I think we can guess that his stress level would have increased dramatically when his friend arrived, when his friend arrived. You know, where do where do where does this person turn to to handle the sudden stress of his friend's midnight visit? Well, to another friend. He brings all this stress, all this anxiety, all this pressure to another friend who in this story represents God. Amen. And he begins banging on the other friend's door, shouting, I need some bread. You know, I want to thank the church. Three weeks ago, my aunt unexpectedly passed away. And I appreciate all the prayers. I really thank you. Um, well, last weekend, we had another unexpected death. That's my little cousin, Anessa. She's two years old. That car, her dad was driving. And he passed away last Sunday, last Saturday. When I got the news, I was like, what? He was just at the house the day before, just talking about what kind of dad he wants to be. And that night, he died. And it hit me that Anessa is two years old, will go to a funeral maybe, and has no clue how her life has just been turned upside down. 
I reached out to my cousin, who is uh, Anessa's mom, and I just said, we're praying. I sent her a scripture in Psalm 34. It said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And she, she replied back, and she said, please pray for me, because I'm having a terrible time dealing with this. You know, when you have close relationships, it can be incredibly rewarding. But they also sometimes bring emotions like stress or hurt or sadness. Sometimes they make us want to avoid being close to people so we don't get hurt. You know, have you been experiencing painful feelings in any of your friendships lately? Have you been experiencing hurt, sadness? Maybe it's rejection. Maybe it's pressure to fit in, pressure to look a certain way and present a certain. Think about it. How, how have you been handling? those feelings. See, here's the question. Who are you talking to about it? Do you talk to God about your feelings? Or do you suppress them? Do you deny them? Or do you go to people to talk about them? And I'm not saying we shouldn't talk to people. Suppressing no, that's not good. Denying, that's even worse. But the best thing that we can learn to do is talk to God about how we're feeling. See, what's the difference between talking to God and talking only to people about how we're doing? Man, we can become so people-dependent it's another way of being self-reliant. And we miss the point of why, why is this happening? People aren't going to be able to answer that question. And sometimes God's not even going to answer that question. See, God is a friend that you can count on anytime, day or night. And no matter what stress comes into your life. Amen? Secondly, you can count on friendship. Look at verse 7. And suppose he calls out from his bed. And this is the friend that's getting bothered. Don't bother me! <laughs> the door is locked right now and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. <laughs> That's amazing. 
See, Jesus teaches us something right here that is so important about friendship. A friend keeps talking. Knocking persistently on the door shows that we believe our other friend will eventually get up and help us. A true friend is also persistent when wanting to meet the needs of someone he cares about. See, the first person in the story would not take no. Like we talked about last week, the Shunammite would not refuse to lose mentality. The first person would not take no for an answer when it came to finding food for his hungry guest. See, persistence is something that we need in all our relationships. Church, I want to talk about this for a second. Some of us give up too quick. Some of us are being selfish. What do you mean, Russ? Some of us are desperately needing help. We need somebody to talk to. I heard another guy just, man, I tried to get somebody to help me in my walk with God, and five people turned me down. I said, man, we got a problem. We can't make time for each other. We got to stop and recognize. If you're not helping somebody, who are you helping? We got to stop being selfish. Think about what's been done for you. Think about that. Think about, and then think about uh, the Tatis. Think about these young, don't you want better for them? Don't you want to see them grow and mature and have families and, and, and raise awesome kids? Don't what was done for you? How many hours did people spend with you? How much time? We got to stop being self-centered. The world doesn't revolve all around us. Now, that's what's happening currently. <laughs> but the reality is, we got to get this mindset. Hey, it's, it's not about me. It's not about me. See, why do we need persistence in our, in our relationship with God? See, in this story, the first person, they face some obstacles to getting what he needs. His friend is already in bed. Think about how bold that is. He's out, got the CPAC on, you know? And the kids are asleep. Boy, I tell you, I remember growing up, man, me and Sarah would, you know, get kids down and then be creeping out the door. <laughs> Don't say nothing. The phone rang, running over there, grabbing it all, right? He says the door is locked. See, to keep asking for this guy's help would require overcoming some obstacles. Like pride. Some of us just don't want to ask for help. 
think about it. We are struggling, and we'll, we'll figure it out. How you doing? I'm good. Right? We're hungry. Our stomachs are growling. You want something to eat? Nah, nah, I'll be all right. Right? Obstacles like fear, right? Anxiety. Or maybe it's unbelief. See, when we run into these obstacles in our relationships and they can stop us from talking to God or talking and, and connecting with God, we, we got we to gotta overcome it. Because guess what? We need help. Because somebody else, is, that's, we're trying to help them as well. But you can't do that if you get snagged, right? See, because we all face these obstacles, sometimes in prayer as well, it's important to remember this. When I get on my knees or I'm, I'm you know, going to God in prayer, he is the friend that we're going to. He's the friend. And when we believe that he's the friend, we will stick it out. And we'll keep talking to him without letting these obstacles get in our way and without allowing ourselves to give up. See, this story also addresses something difficult that I believe every one of us here in this room at some point in our relationship with God has experienced. And it's seemingly unfulfilled expectations or requests i.e. you have not answered my prayer. And I've been praying for a long time. Unfulfilled expectation, you know what that can do? It can lead to you actually being bitter and getting mad and saying, doggone it, he's not listening. I'm not praying anymore. But see, that's not really true. Maybe there's something that he's been trying to do to help you realize something. Or maybe your prayers has just been all about you. And he's trying to get you to focus on something else and somebody else for a minute. For one minute. So you can see the reality. It's a big world out here. It's not about me, right? Think about it. So how do we handle feelings of bitterness, hurt, discouragement? How do we handle it when we ask God for something and we don't see his answers right away? See, I think one answer to this story is that God is always trying to get us to trust Trusting that God is a friend means trusting that he is working for our good and has our back even when we can't see it, right? This is easier said than done, right? Because when I got that news last week, I said, what? You know, my aunt that passed away, this was my cousin's, she was my cousin's godmother. They were like this. And so she got hit with the right and then hit with the left in less than a month. 
And I thought, wow. See, how do we build trust as we wait for God's answers to our prayers? I want to talk about three things here. Here are three things that we can do to build our trust in God. Number one, make a choice. We can decide to trust God more than we trust ourselves, or this is the big one, our emotions. Okay? Let me tell you, our emotions can be God. Our emotions can be God. All you got to do is recognize when things happen, what do you do? And if you don't decide to do what you, you know, God's saying here and you go by your feet, well, I felt this. Well, I emotions have become your God when you don't do what God says. Are you with me, church? So we got to decide. We got to make a choice. We got to make an effort. We can decide to keep making effort in our prayer life by continuing to express our hearts while we wait. I really want to encourage you to read that passage, Daniel 9, 3 through 23. It is an amazing scripture that helps me remember when God's not answering the prayer, there is a reason. There's a battle that's actually happening, and, and I can't take it personal because we don't want to be, and God will not let us be spoiled kids. You've seen spoiled kids before? They don't get what they want. <laughs> What's going on? It's like, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> well, you can't do that nowadays. You got to do some other stuff. Time out. You know, uh, I, used, I kid with my mom. I'm like, Ma, you would have been under the jail <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Lastly, if we're going to build tr our trust in God, we got to make the time. We can build our trust in God by consistently putting time into remaining close to him. If we take shortcuts or skip out on spending time with God, our trust and faith in him will suffer. You know, it's been alarming to me to hear how many people don't read their Bibles on a consistent basis. And I'm like, why? Well, some people are literally playing video games. Really? I'm like, video game? Now I'm with you, but I didn't play video. Like, how long can you play? Same thing. Go over there. Go over there. Do the how long can you do that? Anyway, I'm not down on the video games. It's just you gotta cut cut down on it a little bit, you know? But make sure. You know, how you quiet time first, then play for, you know, whatever. But when we do spend consistent time with God, we will see spiritual fruit grow in our lives. Okay? This is a way that we can build trust. See, what obstacles stop you from being bold in prayer? See, how can you start being persistent with God in prayer? What's that prayer that you've been praying, that you used to pray, but because you haven't heard it or seen something, you stopped? Okay? We gotta, we gotta take a step back and remember 
who it is that we're praying to. Next. Okay. Yeah, this thing is not work. Okay. Ooh. -ooh. All right. Thirdly, you can count on prayer. We're going to land this ship here. Okay. You can count on prayer. Look at verse 9, Luke 11, verse 9. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, this is the challenge. This is coming from Jesus. And he's telling us, hey, this is what's going to happen. And then we say, I've been doing it. Come on, man. How long? Remember Abraham? Lord intervened, 75. When did that boy come? 25 years later. Now, again, I don't know what a whole reason, but I will tell you this. If you watch, there's a movie out, His Only Son, uh, that's talking about the life of Abraham. That woman that played Sarah, I was like, she needs to win an Oscar. <laughs> because it was so amazing. She was so real. And I'm thinking, man, you know, this, this woman really went through it, you know? And I don't want to give the movie away, and I don't want to, you know, but, you know, it'll help you spiritually. <laughs> Jesus teaches us that we can count on prayer. If we keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking, we will receive what we ask for and find what we are looking for. God wants us to talk to him and share with him our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our insecurities. Why? Because he cares for us. Now, for those of us who are single, can I talk to you for a minute? I know that dating is a part of life in the single world. And sometimes we can spend a lot of time thinking about dating, talking with friends about dating. But the question is, are you praying about dating? We got to pray, right? So hit me up. <laughs> so last week, Last week, God answered a prayer. He made it happen. So I want to thank uh, the swims who were instrumental in helping them with their premarital counseling and Sari and I. And it was so funny listening to Hawa and Telly's uh, story because they've known each other for like over 10 years. But they were like, nah, that ain't going to happen. And God had him like right there in front of each other all this time. 
And things happened. And uh, they eventually got married last weekend. And um, it's super encouraging seeing an answer prayer in that way. See, whether you pray out loud or you whisper, or even if you're unable to get out the words, Romans 8, 26 tells us, groans, God hears everything. And he will answer us. Sometimes those prayers take years, even decades. My dad became a Christian 16 years later. He studied the Bible a year after I became a Christian and got really close and I was all fired up. And it was like, nah, Russ, not ready yet. 16 years later. Then my mom, 19 years, 19 years. She studied the Bible three times. Warm, not yet. Warm, not yet. And God mm, hooked her. Got her. And now she's our sister in Christ. See, sometimes God shapes our prayers differently like a great parent or coach or teacher because he sees what we really want and need. But when it's all said and done, we can be confident from the scriptures that if we are persistent and determined to talk to God, he's gonna answer our prayers. Now, I didn't say he's gonna do what we want. He's gonna answer our prayers. I want you to stop for today and in our fellowship time, think about this. Identify one or two things that you have stopped praying about. What are those things? Jot them down. Now, the question is, why did you stop praying about those things? And I want to encourage you to decide, OK, I'm going to start praying about it again because I just don't believe or whatever that might be. See, what one change do you want to see happen that you can start praying for? I'll tell you one of the things I want to see. I want to see our EDGE ministry flourish and grow spiritually. The vibrancy, the giving, the serving, the loving, the encouragement, and the constant outreach because they understand what they have and they want to give it away right in closing let's remember this friendships bring a lot of emotion into our lives sometimes it's anxiety sometimes it's stress sometimes unexpected ups and downs. This is normal when you are connected to people. Secondly, God is a friend who is available day and night and who cares about what you and I need. And lastly, even when it's hard, is so important that you keep talking to God. 
This is how we will overcome the obstacles that sometimes get in the way of seeing him move in our lives. Friends, family, those visiting on Zoom, I hope that you decide to be a friend of God because that's what he deeply desires in a relationship with you. To God be the glory. Amen.